Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week as always. And this week in data breaches was, like no other, absolutely insane. But before we begin, as always, I want to thank the people that sent me in a lot of this information. That would be Jay Dance, Jacqueline Wolf, Philip Mayflower, and Rashonda Murdy. Guys, thank you very much, and please keep sending those tips my way. And we are going to start with an update on 23andMe. Now, if you remember from a couple of breaches ago, uh, this was a big one, and uh, we now have some new scope uh, from this past week or so, because the recent theft of user data from genetics testing giant 23andMe may be more expansive than we previously thought. Now, if you recall, on October 6th, the company confirmed that a ton of user data had been stolen from their website, including names, uh, years of birth, and uh, general descriptions of genetic data. Now, the data, if you recall, uh, basically was related to hundreds of thousands of users of Chinese descent and primarily targeting Ashkenazi Jews as well. Now, this past week, the attacker claiming to have stolen uh, that data posted millions more records for sale on uh, essentially breach forums, and that's according to multiple uh, people tracking this. Now, the 23andMe spokesperson, I'm sorry, this time I should say, the attacker claimed that the records uh, pertain to people from the UK, including, quote, the wealthiest people living in the US and Western Europe on this list, end quote. Now, 23andMe spokesperson basically talking to various publications said that the company is quote, currently reviewing the data to determine if it's legitimate. Now, according to 23andMe, its systems were not breached, if you recall that as well. Instead, what they said was that it was most likely due to people reusing passwords on their 23andMe accounts that were exposed in past breaches, and then the attacker simply used it to access those accounts. And so if you need some motivation to change your password, this is it. Assuming 23andMe is accurate in that, we are creatures of habit. Do not use passwords for more than one site. Make them unique. Make them interesting. <clears throat> make them tough to crack. Moving on. Let's talk about the Washington, D.C. Board of Elections. Now, D.C. and federal agencies, including the FBI, are investigating a breach of voter data in the district. Now, the records of about 4,000 D.C. voters were affected, and that's according to the D.C. Board of Elections in an update this past Monday. And here's what we know so far. The Board of Elections said that they learned on October 5th that a hacking group known as Ransom VC, I've talked about them here uh, on breaches before, they claim to have breached voter records and accessed 600,000 lines of U.S. voter data, including those related to D.C. Now, D.C. voter information was accessed through a breach of DataNet Systems web server, according to the board. Internal Board of Elections servers and databases were not directly breached. Most of the information uh, that was accessed was public record. According to the spokeswoman for the Board of Elections, information was not released on exactly what information was revealed. And to be clear, this has absolutely nothing to do with voting systems, just registered voted data, voter data in another system. So if you're thinking they're hacking and changing votes, take off the tinfoil hat on this one. That is not what happened here. And here we are. Obviously, never a good thing, though, when voter data, when in any way, shape or form is hit. Moving on. We have to talk about Colonial Pipeline, and here we go again, but hopefully not. Now, if you recall, back in 2021, Colonial Pipeline had a massive data breach. Uh, it basically, it launched a panic on the eastern seaboard because everybody thought we were going to be running out of gas, etc., etc. Well, they're back in the news, if you didn't know, and I do because I track these things. Colonial Pipeline said there has been no disruption of pipeline operations. They were very specific about that, given the last one, or their systems affected at all. After a ransomware gang made several threats 
uh, basically a week ago or so, and a quote, Colonial Pipeline is aware of unsubstantiated claims posted to an online forum that its system had been compromised by an unknown party. After working with our security and technology teams, as well as our partners at CISA, that's the Cybersecurity uh, Information Security Agency, Infrastructure Security Agency, we can confirm that there has been no disruption to pipeline operations and our system is secure at this time. Files that were posted online initially appear to be part of a third-party data breach unrelated to Colonial. So, there you go. Obviously, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that because the last thing we need are more riots at gas stations because essentially the media got a hold of this and everybody freaked out. So there it is. But do not freak out now. Colonial Pipeline says they're secure. Moving on. Let's head on over to the middle country and head on over to St. Louis University, obviously in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, basically, their students and employees experienced a data breach that spanned over eight months, according to the school. This past Thursday, SLU sent out letters to individuals who may have been affected, uh, basically, uh, by this. Now, personal information such as names, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license, passport, uh, passwords, digital signatures, health insurance information, and medical information may have been accessed as a result of this breach. Now, SLU said it identified suspicious activity um, involving school email addresses on March 2nd, and with the help of a forensic, forensic investigation firm, they determined that this was potentially unauthorized access between December of 2022 through July of this year. So obviously, that's a very long time. If you have anything to do with St. Louis University, you might want to check in. Real quick, we're going to do a Move It update because one week can't go by where at least one person or entity is claiming a Move It data breach, and here we are again. Now, if you're a longtime listener, uh, essentially, or viewer of my Breaches of the Week uh, stuff every Sunday, you will have heard this name before, and that would be Flagstar Bank. This is their third breach notification since 2021 and they've had quite a bit of fallout from the previous ones but apparently they too are caught up in uh, move it as well not having a good week uh moving on let's do our mini segment which is basically if you spend a little more money you wouldn't be getting sued for a hell of a lot more and the first one is rudders <clears throat> now rudders is apparently a chain of stores, and they agreed to pay $1 million as part of a settlement related to a data security breach over a nine-month period spanning 2018 to 2019. Now, this breach involves 79 store locations and more than 1.3 million payment cards. The payment card information was accessed electronically, not at any physical store locations. Now, the Pennsylvania Attorney General, Michelle Henry, announced the settlement uh, with the convenience store chain on October 11. Now, I don't know if this is Pennsylvania-specific, or if other states will declare, but this is the only information I could find on Rudders. So if you're a patron of Rudders between 2018 and 2019, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on, let's head on over to Culver City, California and talk about Prospect Medical Holdings. They have a new lawsuit that alleges they failed to protect patients' health information from a ransomware attack. Now, the proposed claimed uh, proposed class action complaint filed on October 16th alleges that Prospect failed to safeguard and protect individuals' data from unauthorized access. So, if you have anything to do with Prospect Medical Holdings in Culver City, California... Heads up. Moving on, let's talk about BlackBot. Now, again, if you're a longtime listener viewer of Breaches, you will know essentially that BlackBot was essentially the move it a couple of years ago where every week some institution that was using BlackBot for its charitable, uh, you know, management, all that kind of stuff was hit schools, universities, uh, 501c3s. It was a complete mess. Well, we have some information now because BlackBot basically uh, reached a settlement. It's really that simple. And they reached a settlement for $49.5 million 
with the attorneys generals of 49 states, not including California, and the District of Columbia. Now, this was led by uh, the states of the AGs, I should say, of Indiana and Vermont, but BlackBot is soon be paying up. The details are getting sorted out. We just learned about this, and obviously, as we have more information, you know I'll keep you up to date. Moving on, another one is 90-degree benefits. <clears throat> they just agreed to a $990,000 settlement to resolve claims that they failed to prevent two 2022 data breaches that compromised personal health information and personal identifiers. Now, the settlement benefits individuals who received the notification from 90 Degree Benefits, informing them that their personal information and protected health information may have been compromised in breaches that occurred in both February and December of last year. So heads up to you, 90 Degree Benefits recipients. You may be entitled to compensation, and that ends our mini segment. If any of those companies had just spent a little more on cybersecurity and good cyber hygiene and training, they wouldn't be paying out like they are now. Moving on, let's talk about BHI Energy, because on October 18th, they filed a notice of breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering that an unauthorized party was able to access systems stored on the company's computer systems. In this notice, BHI explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer-sensitive information, which included names, health information, addresses, dates of birth, and social security numbers as well. Upon completing its investigation, BHI began sending out breach notification letters to all individuals who were affected as well. Moving on, let's go to the Fayette, Fayetteville, excuse me, based Cape Fear Valley Health. Private information about the patients appears to have been copied without authorization this past May, according to a notice from research services company Westat Inc., who essentially was contracted by Cape Fear Valley Health, and they were handling patient data. Now, this breach involves about 1,943 patients, according to Chaka Jordan, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Cape Fear Valley Health. Quote, the types of personal information that may have been copied by an unauthorized actor include name, address, date of birth, sex, date of service, provider, diagnosis, payer, and other information from claims. End quote. Moving on, let's talk about Harry Shine Incorporated. On October 15th, 2023, Harry Schein posted a notice to their website confirming reports that the company had basically been the victim of a cyber attack. Now, in this notice, Harry Schein explained that uh, basically it's actively investigating this and uh, what if any information comes to light, they're going to let you know. Now, after completing their investigation, they determined that sensitive data was indeed leaked. I do not have a listing of what that is, and they're going to be sending out notification letters to anybody affected. So heads up, Harry Schein, employees, customers, or whatever. Moving on, let's talk about the Neutron Group. On October 13th, they filed a notice with Maine as well after discovering an unauthorized party had gained access to their network. In this notice, they explained that basically this resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer information, including name, social security numbers, driver's license, passport, state or military IDs, financial account information, dates of birth, medical info, and health insurance information as well. They've sent letters out also, so heads up Neutron Group uh, patients. Moving on, let's talk about the city of Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. Now, they basically have a potential breach of their email system earlier this year, and that may have exposed protected health information for an unspecified number of people. Now, the city became aware on May 24th of suspicious activity in their email system, according to officials, and between May uh, 25th and July 29th of this year, an unauthorized user may have gained access to city email accounts that possibly contain protected health information, and basically their investigation is ongoing, information that may have been accessed 
access, though, could have been names, address, birthday, social security numbers, medical information, and financial information. So heads up to you if you have any kind of health anything, and I'm assuming it's city employees, with the city of brotherly love. Moving on, construction giant Lennar is up on the block. Now, this was behind a paywall, but what I could discern was that the home builder said 7,448 of their customers nationwide were impacted by a hack of their systems. That's all I know right now, but if you're a customer of Lennar, heads up to you, and I'm guessing they're the they're the GC, the general contractor, so maybe there's a whole bunch of you know mechanical, electrical, plumbing, all these other contractors that they sub out to. I don't know, but if you work with Lennar, heads up. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about Penny Mac Loan Services. On October 9th, they filed a breach notice with Texas after discovering an unauthorized actor were able to access information entrusted to their company. Now, in this notice, they explained that this resulted in information being accessed, including names, address, social security, and financial account information. They started sending out letters as well. So heads up to you if you've got your loans through Penny Mac. Moving on. Let's talk about Crum and Forster. On October 9th, they filed a notice of data breach with Maine after discovering an unauthorized party accessed their network as well. Now, they basically said an unauthorized party may have gotten sensitive information, including names, social security numbers, and upon completing their investigation, they started sending out letters as well. So heads up, Crum and Forster, employees and clients. Moving on, let's head on over to Asia and talk about the Hong Kong Ballet, founded, interestingly enough, in 1979. Don't ask me why I know that. Now, the Hong Kong Ballet has reported a data breach caused by a ransomware attack on its computer systems and is now the third well-established organization in Hong Kong to be hit very publicly there in the last two months. I've talked about the others on this show as well. Now, in an official statement released this past Monday night, uh, basically uh, the cultural institution said it had recently discovered its network had been affected with ransomware, allowing the attackers to illegally access files. That's all I know for now, but heads up, if you're a patron of the Hong Kong Ballet, here we are. Moving on. Let's talk about Japanese electronics manufacturer Casio. Now, I actually didn't realize Casio was a Japanese brand. For some reason, I always thought it was American, but what are you going to do? It actually kind of sounds Italian to me now if I'm really thinking about it. But anyway, Casio, yes, Casio, the ones that make super rugged watches, uh, basically, they have a data breach impacting customers from 149 countries after attackers gain access to servers of its ClassPad education platform. Now, Casio detected this incident on Wednesday, October 11th, following the failure of ClassPad's database within the company's development environment. Evidence suggested that the attacker accessed customers' personal information a day later on October 12th. Now, the exposed data includes customer names, email addresses, countries of residence, uh, service usage details, and purchase information such as payment methods, license codes, and order specifics. Casio says that credit card information was not stored in that database, so your credit cards are safe. And as of October 18th, the attackers accessed 91,921 items belonging to Japanese customers, including individuals and 1,108 education institution customers and 35,049 records belonging to customers from an additional 148 countries outside of Japan. And so obviously, that's a huge thing. And again, they make really rugged watches. They need more rugged security. And finally, we've got one finally for you today. And unfortunately, it's a big one because we're talking about Okta. 
Now, if you're not familiar with Okta, they provide identity tools like multi-factor authentication, single sign-on to thousands of businesses. They're also a government supplier. Um, they are very well known as enterprise identity access management solution providers. And so this is affecting companies potentially small to massive. Now, Okta says that they had an incident in a very small number, quote unquote, of customers. Uh, however, it appears the attackers responsible had access to Okta's support platform for at least two weeks before the company fully contained the intrusion. So while it hit a very small number of uh, customers, and it seems to me like Okta's backend is compartmentalized, meaning like no one there can access all of the thousands of customers, a support agent or whatever has access to let's say one or two or a small amount, whatever that is, and here we are. Now in an advisory sent to an undisclosed number of customers on October 19th, and so that very small number could be one, could be a thousand, I, we have no idea at the moment, but uh, basically, they sent uh, an undisclosed number of customers on October 19th, uh, an advisory, and Okta said it, quote, has identified adversarial activity that leveraged access to a stolen credential to access Okta's support case management system. The threat actor was able to view files uploaded by certain Okta customers as part of recent support cases, end quote. Now, Okta uh, explained that when it is troubleshooting issues with customers, it will often ask for a recording of a web browser session also known as basically an HTTP archive or an HAR file. Now, these are sensitive files because they can also include customers' cookies and session tokens, which an attacker could then use to uh, basically impersonate an actual valid user. Quote, Okta has worked with impacted customers to investigate and has taken measures to protect our customers, including the revocation of embedded session tokens. In general, Okta recommends sanitizing all credentials and cookie sessions within an HAR file before sharing it. Now, the security firm Beyond Trust is one of Okta's customers publicly. They, they've brought this out who actually received that uh, alert a few days ago. Now, Beyond Trust's chief technology officer, Mark Mayfret, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, said that the alert came uh, basically more than two weeks after his company, Beyond Trust, alerted Okta to a potential problem. As a result of this uh, and news of the intrusion, Okta's shares uh, basically dropped 12%. I'm sure they'll rebound at some point, but obviously they've got to get over this hump. So it's actually very interesting. So the way the attackers essentially got in is through these recorded sessions, these HAR files that had, let's say, embedded session tokens and all of that, that the customers that were sending this to Okta support simply weren't resetting before they would send it. And therefore, this allowed attackers to gain entrance or access. So obviously, it's a huge thing. Um, you know, we're going to see where this goes. It's obviously a black eye for Okta. Okta had another incident where one of their third party support people uh, was briefly hit, but they shut that down within something like hours. So that was kind of no harm, no foul. But this one obviously took it one step further. And when you're looking at any, any access identity management solution, any password database solution, think 1Password, LastPass, KeyPass, you know, take your pig, not to mention the identity access management, they're always under attack because they're the ones protecting all of the other companies. They have to maintain a vigilance that... Most organizations don't have to, just given who they are and what they do. And so what it comes down to is humans are going to make mistakes. There are going to be potential issues or holes that attackers can exploit. Because remember, the octaves of the world have to be 100% right 100% of the time with their security. The attackers only need one mistake, uh, you know, and, and, and here we are. But it really underscores, I think, as you're looking at this from an objective standpoint, how an organization handles this. Now... 
The reason why I'm bringing this up is because if you recall last year in 2022, uh, and near the middle of the year, so I believe it was August, LastPass came out and said, oh, we had a minor incident and all of this. They were playing very coy about what happened. We weren't getting explanations and all of that. And and I would argue with some of my colleagues, they say, oh, well, they're being transparent. And I said, no, like what they're explaining doesn't tell me as a practitioner, somebody who would actually understand the technical side of this, what is going on. And sure enough, by December, last pass, we found out a whole bunch of stuff that was absolutely negative. Now, I say that to say that the flip side of this is that the best way through a data breach like this or a potential incident like this is to be transparent as possible. And that's what Okta is doing here to the best of the best of the ability that I have seen, meaning they have explained what the issue is, how they basically got in and, and essentially what they're going to do to remediate this. And this is what happened with their previous one, which obviously starts to rebuild and restore that trust. And so we're going to see what happens here. And obviously, if Octa starts playing really coy because it's super bad and, you know, they're hedging and hawing, I'll be the first person to call them out. But I just wanted to point out the dichotomy between Octa's approach thus far, which is transparent, and LastPass's approach, which basically blew the trust out of the water. I, I'm not going to trust a company that's not going to be honest with me. And so I think it's important to understand those things. I'm not giving Okta or anybody, including LastPass, a free pass on anything here. You obviously have to maintain your, your infrastructure in a good, proper, secure manner, proper training, et cetera, et cetera. But I also think it's important to understand that if you're going to be rebuilding trust to maintain a client base and continue to grow your client base, having that level of transparency is important. And so if you are watching this and you happen to be somebody that's going through a data breach or will be going through a data breach, be transparent, be honest, kill your customers with communication, kill your customers with honesty. It's the best way to get through this and maintain that trust relationship. Because again, at the end of the day, we see these all the time. I sit here every Sunday doing breaches of the week videos, talking about this company got hit, this organization got hit, this company's getting sued, whatever it is. And those companies that tend to survive are those that are honest with their customers. We respect that and we understand mistakes happen. And so whether you're LastPass, Okta, Casio, anybody on this list, just be transparent, just be honest. And those are your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.